What's up? What's up? What is up? It's another Friday in the brunch hour, but it's still the Ball Hog Sports Talk coming to you where we are at the intersection of sports, business, and entertainment. It's where a few businessmen get together and discuss sports in an entertaining fashion. The whole crew is in the building. Today's episode is going to be epic like every week, but it's going by the title of Let There Be Light. And we understand that that might be a biblical reference, but here on the Ball Hawk Sports Talk, uh, beyond the Bible, there is some light that shall be shed on some topics in the categories of sports, business, and entertainment that you don't want to miss. Uh, we have an exciting show coming up. Happy Movember to all those who are growing their mustache. Uh, it is Movember. We'll get into that. Uh, before we start the show, we'll explain more about Movember and why it's such an important, important thing to recognize uh, in men's health. Um, but with all that to say, fasten your seatbelt, pour you a nice tall mug of coffee, spike it or whatever you want to spike it with, because the Ball Hog Sports Talk is in the building, the whole crew, when we come back. So let's, let's go. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke, because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk. With your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go, 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 go. Once again, it's on. Once again, it's on. As we step up to the microphone, uh, there's a microphone in the Windy City that is occupied and owned by the man, the myth, the legend, thou who shall be intergalactically known and respected as. The Big Flow Show. What's up, my brother? What's good? What's good, man? Feeling scruffy today. Feeling scruffy. You know, just trying to come out and give you guys a few bars. See what bars. I can do. Bars. Going out my little beer. You guys got to let me know, man. Beer or no beer? You know, I just two halves of the year to me. Beer season and no beer season. So I kind of I'm like kind of like you. Anytime somebody gets on the show and has a full head of hair, you go into this this sort of – it's not hate, but you let them know that you don't appreciate it. That's how I am with, with the beer. With thing. the beer? Everybody don't get facial hair, bro. So stop, stop showing out, showing off. Like, relax, my but brother. Men, but men do. <laughs> so hey, I ain't the smartest man to wear. Like a little bit. That was just an inadvertent shoulder. I yeah, went straight up, man. <laughs> Chicken wing elbow right to the mouth. You Damn. got a mustache though. You got triple mustache. I do, man. It's Movember. That's why I like Movember because y'all finally come around to see things my way. See it my way. Yeah. Yes, and he's sitting here like hey, he's sitting here like the last dude you gotta beat in the video game, the beard beard mini over here. Like I always have a beard. Oh, his thing is full. He said he don't even touch coast. his. He just wakes up and it's uh, like his, yeah, his thing is full. You know what I mean? He, he combs his. Uh, you know who it is from the East Coast, the man who represents everything and anything, uh, Bean Town, and represents as well because the Celtics are balling right now. Uh, also, a man myth legend, intergalactically known as ETP Elster producer. What's up, my brother? Good morning. I, I cannot confirm nor deny if this is 
a facial wig or not, but <laughs> I'll leave it to the audience. <laughs> so you got like the best take. It's like four years of running. I've seen you. It's just, yeah, I wonder why you look front. like it needs to be trimmed. It's just stay this man. Perfect. So uh, it's a but, lace, lace front. <laughs> lace straight front up, man. This man joint is perfect. Uh, let's hop in, man, because I know we're living on time. It's going to be a, a quicker show today because we started later. We're going to finish earlier, but it's going to be the same bang for your buck. It's going to be sports, business, entertainment. The only way we know how to do it, rough, regular, and raw. So let's hop in. Today's episode is going by the name of Let There Be Light. And I wanted to make sure that we uh, let there be light, if you will, on something that is bigger, and I would argue even more important, than sports. I know that shocks you because we love us some sports. Uh, but Movember, as we're talking about everyone grab, uh, growing out their mustache, Movember is an annual event involving uh, the growing of mustache by men. Uh, I don't know if women grow theirs as well, but it's it's to celebrate uh, the month of November. <laughs> that would be some real support. A support. Are you in, you in. <laughs> Grow out her stash and beard. Hey, we wear, we wear pink. We wear pink during October. All we I'm do. saying is you committed. So commit. It's a challenge to the women out there. Show us, show us how much support you have. Grow out your mustache. And your I'm bunny got a mustache. <laughs> hey, that would be fantastic. Grow it out, baby. Grow it out. But uh, no, it, it is to raise awareness. You ain't getting no donations from me. <laughs> Yo, I put my but, money right back in my pocket. Straight up, man. It's like, uh-uh. uh we, we ain't that serious about it. But it, it is a serious thing because men have a, 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 a challenge in the event that we are the providers, we are all the protectors in our respective homes. At least that's how we see ourselves, whether or not we are treated that way. That's a different argument for a different day. Uh, but we see ourselves that way, and I think it provides us with this false sense of invincibility. And a lot of times men just won't go to the doctor, not because they don't have the time to get there, not because they don't have the insurance to cover the uh, the visit. We don't go to the doctor because we think we're invincible. Now, um, every single human that has ever been born has proven that we're not invincible. So Movember is a time that we really raise awareness of men's health issues, such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer. Uh, men suicide all wrapped in one so movember happy movember uh we start there in this episode of let there be light because we want to shed light on the real concern that real men have about the real lack of attention to health that um is on average and on par for men so movember is that time we're gonna we're gonna say all right enough is enough so happy movember we will uh, uh celebrate it all month uh, we will continue to grow the mustache for those of us who can't grow a beard. Uh, and we will keep on mentioning it as we do the show. Happy Movember. Um, it's also this month, and I'm going to start here because it happened in the City of Light. Although we are, are recognizing our men's health, um, there was a game that happened over in the City of Light, over in Paris, that was a, a remarkable moment for women's basketball. First time ever. And women's college basketball has been playing for a long time. But the first time a women's game was ever played in the city of light in Paris. Uh, South Carolina, the number six team in the nation, took on number 10, Notre Dame. We know where my money was. Uh, but if you saw the score, I lost that money. Uh, 
South Carolina and her uh, the, and the team coached by Don Staley uh, played Notre Dame, the, co- the team coached by Neil Ivey. So the first game, women's game ever played in the city of life with all that tourism, with all of the uh, buildup was coached by not one, but two young black female coaches. Shout out to both programs. South Carolina prevailed in a big way, but I think the women's game prevailed even more. Uh, women's basketball is becoming more and more global. We have celebrated and, and identified how men's basketball is absolutely global. It's intergalactic. They might be planning on Mars. Now, everybody's playing basketball. Uh, but I think we overlook just how much progress the women's game has made. And so I wanted to bring attention to that. In the City of Light, two young black women, head coaches, led their troops uh, to game that has epic proportions in terms of impact on women's basketball more broadly so shout out to both of those ladies i don't know if you guys got a chance to see the game but how do you not celebrate Glad i missed the game because of what happened in the game Man, we got we got i saw i saw the highlights of y'all getting cooked <laughs> see you know that's why they want to open this door i didn't yeah. want to you know i was like i don't i don't really like to see catastrophes on camera so i i had, I had to look away three, we would have won we would have won a three on three game y'all want to see a dead body that's what you're saying yeah. uh but the freshman and i'll mess up her name so I, I i gotta work on pronunciation there are two freshmen notre dame has one uh who is a guard it'll be interesting to see how she pairs um with the the, the guard that got hurt olivia miles um her dog i'll mess up her name too i gotta get the pronunciations right but there's a, a guard, a freshman in South Carolina, who finishes a play with a behind-the-back reverse spin layup. It looked real Kyrie-ish. And so in this moment, monumental moment for women, back college women's basketball, uh, you also see the advancement and development of the game. The skill set is just crazy. Uh, so that's the play that, that ETP is referring to. Uh, Notre Dame's defense was on the wrong end of it, but again – this celebration is more than about Notre Dame and South Carolina. It's more than about um, just being, you know, a, a, a Don Staley and Yale Ivy. It just really says something that the women's game is is that pronounced and, and that meaningful. If you look at some of the, the top black journalists and broadcasters, uh, women who were at the game and attended the game, uh, went all the way to Paris to go watch uh, women's college basketball, says something about where the game is, man. So salute to the entire uh, college women's basketball game. Salute to those programs and and, and salute to the future that is is, is bound to be with uh, all the momentum that women's basketball has. Um, and and on that same token, our girls at it again. Caitlin Clark scored forty something uh, the other night. Hit a and one from the logo, the Iowa Hawkeyes logo. And the globalization of the game, I think, is going to be marked by these these very like larger than life personalities. Whether it be you know uh, the, the 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 Bayou Barbie or Caitlin Clark, it's just the game is in a really good space right now. So I wanted to celebrate it. Although you know we started off talking about Movember, um, I think the, the women's game is just where it needs to be. Caitlin Clark's going to give us uh, so many highlights this year. I'm looking forward to watching her play. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a good start to the, 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 the women's college basketball season for, for all reasons. 
aforementioned. Uh, I know if either one of you got a chance to see Caitlin's highlights, but she can shoot it from anywhere, man. A, 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 I think a great personality to have in college basketball right now. Was not able to see it. I did notice uh, the young lady from UConn came back. She had a not a stellar game, but it was emotional that she came back from her knee injury. Say that one more time. The the young lady from from UConn. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the third best. Yeah, Becker. Becker, the one with all she the money, back all the NIL money. Uh, you know, yeah. all the NIL money because she is one of the two- Caitlin Becker, right? Say that again. Yeah, Caitlin Becker. Paige Becker. Paige, Paige Becker. Becker. Yeah, yeah. You just you just combine it it's like a contraction. You put two of the top uh, players. <laughs> peanut have to butter and jelly. Peanut team. butter and jelly. I like to eat. You know, Caitlin two the time. Becker. No, it's Caitlin Clark and Paige, Paige Becker. Becker. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and her first basket was like her first basket made in like over five hundred days because she had she had back to back knee injuries. I think mm. uh, I don't think it was the same knee. I think it was different knees. Uh, but she is back. She is back. She didn't skip a beat when it came to NIL money, though. She did not skip a beat when it came to Pay her me. overall valuation. She um, had guaranteed contracts. Guaranteed. Like She's getting real money. Yeah, Paige Becker is back. Great time to be a women's college basketball fan. It's awesome. I'm oh. trying. I'm trying my hardest to get more into us. Come on in, man. I left the door mm-hmm. open. I left the door open. Come on in, man. Oh, yeah. Try to go watch Northwestern play against Iowa. Sold out. Sold out. Northwestern smart, though. If you want a ticket, you got to buy season tickets. If you want to go to that game. So basically saying Northwestern <laughs> is a smart pimp. They pimp in the Very smart, Clark. yeah. You uh, want to go to that game, you got to buy at least probably about 10 games. <laughs> you go to that game. <laughs> and you got to come. They got to take out. You got to scan your ticket. If you don't come, it's like, nope, can't go. Yeah, it is what it is, man. It it, it It's one of those situations where um, how dare you not? Everybody else has, right? It, you know, because the athletic department at Northwestern, they, they have a P&L sheet, too. So they're trying to figure out how to make sure they got more P than L, get some profit, mm-hmm. not losses. Uh, so uh, I'm not mad that they did it. Not surprised that they did it. But it just shows kind of where the um, women's game is. But even more broadly, like where the amateurism, uh, the, the amateur, you know, college sports space is right now with NIL. Because you can demand that. Right, when Caitlin Clark's coming to town, if I want to go, all right, what you willing to pay for? So that's my point. Like you start talking about some of these people that are like generational talents, she needs to get paid because she doesn't even realize the impact she has. Yeah, she's she plays to sell out arenas all over, but she didn't realize that she sold out the 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 Illinois game too. Like she sold out the Purdue game too, because you had to buy tickets to all the games just to go out there so all these sellouts are to see caitlin clark who's not even mm-hmm. at the gym mm-hmm. and not making a dime off a it. dime off of it it's fantastic well i'll tell you this man the future is bright so as the father to a uh, upcoming inspiring uh, co- collegiate athlete uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where this whole where the revenue cycles first of all who ends up like having some sort of gauge over it and controlling it because the ncaa didn't uh, but then also when is enough enough um you know initially i talked about the nil revenue streams being a distraction and taking away another distraction that took away from the academic part of being a student athlete uh for the most part i think 
because these elite student athletes are balancing crazy schedules at such a young age, whether it be going to this trainer, that trainer, going to this tournament, that tournament, like we're, you know, I'm representing my dark nights today, but you know, if, and when we go down to Florida for nationals, we're down there for a week. Right. So, you know, taking the time off, being able to still engage academically uh, from a remote location and having a schedule athletes are doing that at a young, younger, younger age. So I am the first to admit that maybe I was wrong that the NIL revenue streams, they didn't end up being as much of a distraction from the scholastic part of being a student athlete. Um, but there's still the wild, wild west. Be very interesting to see where all of this plays out. Um, Wait a second. So your argument is that because kids before NIL are getting distracted, that NIL is not distracting them from not being students anyway? No, that's not my argument. I just thought that that's not my argument at all. I thought that uh, I liked the way you said that, but that, that's not the argument that I made. Like, cool, they're not studying anyway. Not studying anyway. No, what I'm saying is uh, – as someone who fancies himself is maybe I'm old school, but I feel I still think like academic engagement matters. What I'm saying is I think that the players have done a better job of maintaining the balance. That's what I'm saying. And um, that might be the case because younger and younger, these student athletes are learning how to balance, right? You got, you know, the IMGs of the world, these academies, that was its own space, but you know, it, it, it's not just reserved to those academies now. You look at some of the AAU things that you do in basketball. You look at the uh, soccer academies now in soccer. You look at there's just more balance going on at an earlier age that these athletes have to endure in order to survive. That's what I'm saying. So I think right. they're more prepared than it that I had given them credit for because of that reality. That's all I was right. saying, ETP. So I got you. Um, <laughs> just just making but, sure. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I do think that that, that a Paige Becker um, – and a you know Caitlin Clark and their impact on Northwestern's ability to sell season tickets to women's college basketball is the evidence of the theory that we have put out there that you know these 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 first nines are larger than life because of NIL and 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 so for the first time ever right Nike's going to sell collegiate jerseys with the actual people the the athletes name on the back. Uh, you know, that's big time, man. You know, Bronny James being one of them. But to see all of it get together, this big mound of momentum and see where it leads. With, this is where sports, business, entertainment collide. Like, literally, if you see, you know, I read that headline, that is where sports, business, entertainment collide. Right? These are athletes that have become larger than life in terms of their their, their Q score and their, their brand uh, awareness. Uh, that in itself is a form of entertainment because of social media, TikTok, and all the things like that people follow them. They're entertained by the personalities. And now from a business end, they're figuring out how to get some revenue from it. So that's what I meant by that. Uh, I'll give you guys last word on it, man, before we hop into some other stuff, man. But that I, I do like seeing where women's basketball is. Caitlin Clark, I think, is, is amazing. So uh, shout out to Northwestern for taking advantage of it. Uh, last <laughs> word before we move on. Go no. cats. <laughs> go cats. Go cats. You don't want to go cats. I ain't mad at it. Uh, let's get into some other Chicago news because the NFL did have football last night and it was only accessible through Amazon Prime. Old man Bobby's not going to complain about the same thing over and over again. 
so let there be light on the fact that there was a game last night. And that game was played between the Bears and the Carolina Panthers. And if you had to describe the situation without describing the team, you would, would describe it as, uh, you know, I don't want to offend anybody in the room that might be a Bears fan, but I would, if, if, for, if forced to describe, you know, objectively, of course, if forced to describe, I'd say it's like, I'm like shitty versus shittier, right? It's kind of like the, the, interesting the, the right to the point way of describing that. Um, would you agree, uh, Big Flow Show, Chicago Bear fan? In this situation, it was a battle to see who could be the shortest midget, right? <laughs> you can't say midget anymore, man. You got to say I the just, shortest and short there, person. And, and, and here I am, and I just said it. <laughs> so my dad and my and my mother-in-law are midgets, so I don't have a problem <laughs> saying I feel like I'm speaking from a position of love. Right. But anyway, so at the end of the day, the Bears need the, – they're getting Carolina's pick regardless – of where it is so the bears it was a must-win situation for them to keep carolina in last place so by them staying and, and, last and place, so keeping them in last place did what for the bears just for all those who so, don't know so the carolina's one and eight arizona's one and eight and then the giants and uh new england are two and seven so if the bears would have won or lost then they would be in the three-way tie it would be a four-way tie right except so arizona would be the top pick and then the Bears, Carolina, the Giants, and New England would all be four and seven. Right. Right. No, two and seven. They all would have been two and two seven. And seven. Sorry. Two and they seven. all would have been two and seven. From and so and by that happening, I don't know where all the tiebreakers are of who's who's the shortest, but <laughs> they could have ended up as opposed to now having the, the first and fifth pick, they could end up having like the you know, fourth and fifth pick, you know, how, how it could have been They're in the same situation. So they really was a must win. So that was that was our Super Bowl yesterday, and so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. Well, it ended. And we, and we barely beat them. It ended in an exciting fashion. Yeah. The Bears win 16-13 over the um, interesting Carolina Panthers. I'll say that because I don't want to offend everybody. I just wanted to offend you. I'm not going to offend the Panthers fans. Uh, but they, they did win. Nerve in this, this thing to say games back. How many games back are you from the first pick <laughs> in the draft? <laughs> like, it's so, so. They did, they did, like, instead of games back, it's like you know, decades back. They're decades guys are, back. Guys are one games back from being in the first pick. They gotta get, they gotta get, they gotta get concentrated. This is terrible. Uh, but it is. It was. It's a, a a race to the bottom, if you will. Right. That business phraseology, race to the bottom, in terms of how we manage and and being less than moral and how we manage our business. Same thing is true with these these teams because you have an incentive with the way the NFL does it. You have an incentive to be bad. They're supposed to be some anti-tanking stop provisions in there to stop from tanking. I don't know what those provisions could possibly be, uh, but it's a race to the bottom. And so in a way, because Chicago had a insurance policy, in their connection to Carolina's draft pick, they've got two races going on. Be as bad as you can be, but make sure Carolina is worse. Is that what you're basically saying, our Chicago Bears resident expert? Yes. <laughs> Just for those who, who'd like to see this, the uh, the website that I found this information is tankathon.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just realized it. I was like, how who would set it up this way? Tankathon.com. Everybody's tanking. Your misery is my is my joy. Everybody's tanking. Uh and there is in this episode of Let There Be Light. I don't think there's like it's not in darkness anymore. There's light on the situation. We all know what they're doing. Uh, and you know, I guess it does provide opportunities for I told you when in my very, 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 very short stint in the NFL, I was always in terms of rosters, 53 men on the roster, I was always 53 and a half. The sort of silver lining, I guess, is that it gives opportunities for guys like me to get a chance to be on film. But there's a lot of bad football being played last night. Um, so it was a competitive game. That that's about all I can, my mom said, you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. That's about all I can say about that game. It was competitive. About two bad teams. I just don't understand like how has it lasted this long? I mean NFL never talked about tanking up until now. Like, and it never had a lottery. Like it's always been, it seemed to be like fairly done where the worst team got what, you know, they, they earned the right to pick first, but now it's seeming like there's a little bit of a change, I guess maybe because you can get those rookie contracts and running backs are good out of the gate. Like what, what is it? I think the NFL felt as though they had control over it because of the ultimate situation of at-will employment when it comes to professional sports. Right. I'll cut your ass if you ain't going out there making plays. Right. And the same thing is really true with coaches, right? If you look at how the Raiders just summarily walked their coach and GM out of the door, I guess the NFL thought because of that turnover – the at-will employment situation, people get cut all the time, you're always fighting for your job, that that maintained a certain protection over the, um, you know, the purity of the game, competitiveness. Mm. But with the contracts that you have now and, you know, the protections in place, and then you add to that the fact that I might have got a few million dollars in college as an NIL baby, I don't think you have them protections anymore. I think it's pretty clear that there's light on the reality that there's tanking going on. So I, I, I don't, we shall see. The lottery is an interesting idea, but you know, the NFL hasn't done it that way. I mean, that doesn't mean they can't do it that way. So we shall see. Uh, my man ETP looks like he might be having technical difficulties unless he's, he has a crook in his neck and he's stuck there. So bear with us here. Um, as we move on to some other topics, I'll give you last word on it, man, because you're the only one that really cares about the Chicago Bears on this platform. I do think that there should be something different when it comes to to um, the pick going to the last team because it's it's so obvious now. You know, it's so early in the season for the Bears to really be tanking or Carolina to be tanking. And I mean, I guess Carolina has no reason to tank. They week ten, we're past the halfway point. It's not too I know, early, but okay? so early, just be just to, to see. I mean, I mean, the Bears. We thought we had a team this year, right? Going into the season, we thought we. When you say we, as in you and your one friend who you guys wear bears. I'm saying as here. a collective city of uh, I don't know, however many million people we have in the city, we thought we had a team this year. We thought we'd made some decent moves in the off season. I mean, they just went and got this swift, uh, um, sweet sweat dude, and he yep. doesn't. Yep. You know, like they they think they're trying to play. It, I think it's, I think the draft lottery is 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 probably the smartest thing in in sports where you take the worst teams and then you know you mix them up and then there's some picks and it's still if you're the worst worst team you have the best chance to get the first pick but it's not guaranteed because just it's 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 not good for the sport to have 
the Bears like just say, all right, we're not going to play fields anymore. We're just going to hold them out and tank. There's a lot of football left, man. There's a whole lot of football left. If you don't make the playoffs, then you should still have an opportunity to get a great pick. And that way, the best the best player in the country doesn't come out of high school college and go to the worst possible team. Maybe every once in a while you get, you know, a team that was almost in the playoffs that was a field goal away from the playoffs, and they and get they the get. best player in the country. And now that becomes a new franchise. That can be that's super exciting. I think it'd be I thought that the, I thought that the players, the collegiate players, um, a la you know, they 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 talk about John Elway and and his leverage when he was coming out. Eli Manning, that was well documented, him not wanting to go to the Chargers. Now they've been talking about Caleb Williams, prospects of him staying in school because he doesn't he's, want he's to. moist though. To- <laughs> Caleb Williams, if you don't think his draft stock was injured by him weeping and his mother. What did you call him, man? Moist. Moist. <laughs> he's moist. I don't want him. I don't want him in Chicago. Uh, wet paper bag. You call him wet paper bag. Moist. Soft. Not can't, can't handle it. Cotton. He's a Q-tip that he's a Q-tip that's ready for the trash. I don't think, I don't think, I don't like it. I don't like it. And look, we've all cried. But we've called it the Kayla Williams sweepstakes since the beginning. I'm of the no season. longer interested in the in Kayla Williams. No longer. I don't want him. He's not welcome. So the Bears are up. Kayla Williams still. He lost all his big games. He had one great game last year in his career against Notre Dame when he beat our face. And he's trash. He's a front runner. Not a fan. I want him gone. I don't like you know, the reason I don't like this is because normally you stay true to the light skinned brethren. You just run a file of every light skinned brethren. Oh, you're uh, throwing the man, you threw the man under the bus. You've gone, you called him moist. Like, moist. Of all the, I know that there's like rule 103B4 in the light skinned guy code handbook that says you're never supposed to refer to another light skinned brethren as moist. And you just listen, did it. You violated. Listen, you violated. So I've, I've been happily married and blissful relationship with my wife for 21 years but the only the closest i ever came to divorcing my wife when the son was in kindergarten we were playing against a team i can't remember the name of the team but we were playing against a team and it was pretty chilly outside and i'm sitting here trying to get these kids worked up going the game and i turn back and my wife has my son in full pads on her lap in a blanket <laughs> i almost filed the next day so we play on sunday we played berwin I almost filed on Sunday. I was so upset. Violation. We go. We are going to be more masculine than that. No. At the same time, well, I'm being exposed to this type of behavior. There's a, a kid. Actually, his name is Justin Walters. He played for Notre Dame until he had to medically retire for concussions. And, and he has um, is alopecia the one with no hair? Yes. Oh, the skin. He has alopecia, right? So he does not do well in the cold. Mm-hmm. And we have a a heater on the side. And his mom said, "You better get away from that heater." And man up. Hardcore. So I'm looking at Sister Soldier over here, who's, you know, they actually have a son to play with my son, Northwestern now, making her. And I'll never forget her for that. And my wife's got my son in a blanket. In a blanket. And so, so like, now yeah, you man. see Caleb Williams weeping. I get flashbacks to he, my he, he kindergarten son. He climbed up into the stands, found his mother, and, you know. You think she was nursing him under that blanket? <laughs> He had a blanket over his head. You think she was nursing him? I'm not touching that. I'm not huh? messing with you, man. <laughs> he you was weeping, man. You, you can cry, but you can't. <laughs> you can't do all that, man. A man's supposed to hold that back. Well, what, what, what about the GMs that say that shows he's passionate and he really cares about it? Like he, even though he has the number one draft spot, let him run your up, squad, He still cares. Let There's him run your squad if he's got that much passion and spirit. 
He's not running a group of 52. You can't run a group of 53 men. Nah, when you weak, so. when your mom, your mama won't be at all the games in the NFL, <laughs> right? The seats ain't that good. You can't weep in your mama's arms during the game like that, and then go back in the huddle and talk about, all right, man, we're gonna drive down and win. <laughs> you get your ass up out of here, man. You think his teammates clown? Because we say let them be light. Let's. So you're exposing the light, the, the light skin. I feel to me, I feel like you're violating light skin code. But it's That's cool. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go. Just do I don't. It. I don't just go. I don't. I call it how I see it, man. Dark, light, whatever you want to call it. I will take it. He might even be Haitian. I'll still call him out. I don't want him on my team, man. Is that important for you? I got you. Is that important? She covered his head so that the elements would protect. Just how you do a baby. You covered her head up, you know, so (laughs) no sun gets to him, no rain, Uh, no exposure. uh, He was there for a long time, too. Yeah. Uh, I I love it, man, only because he said moist. He said at the bottom of a wet paper bag. Uh, But That's not the only thing that's moist, because it's the recap. There's something else that was moist this week in NFL, and we gotta watch this moistness. Like, can uh, you expect Caleb to ever do this? Picture Caleb breastfeeding from his mom in the stands, and then asking him, <laughs> ask him to do this in the Super Bowl for you. I, can I play, just, play can the I tape? Just that play off the tape. For, I'd rather not. That's not. Right, let's see. Let's see. Play All the right, tape. All right. This is oh DeAndre Swift. <laughs> On the run, and boo! Seems like such a great when you're. These are the plays when we watched and filmed. We, keep, we would be saying now the coach, running back coach, is saying, "Yes, that's how you finish a run, yeah. right?" We're showing these the highlights before the next. We're gonna play uh-huh. physical. This, these are the things that look at this effort, right? We're teaching them lower your pads, but not in this NFL. No. This NFL has deemed this worthy of $10,000 worth of a fine. This NFL and all this moistness has taken football and made it something else. This play resulted in DeAndre Swift, the running back, the person on offense, the person that is about to be tackled, the person that lowers the boom, the person that this used to be model. We would say, this is how you finish the run. Ten thousand dollars worth of punitive regulatory decision. What are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm so. I'll talk. I wonder, like, does the team pay for this? (laughs) Like, how do you how do you let this? How do you coach somebody and you just let them eat that penalty? Because this is, I mean, clearly. (laughs) This is as good of a run and, you know, engaging with the blocker as you can get. Like this is, this is, you can't coach football if you can't, if you're telling somebody not to do this. And, and and this is a week after there was another fine of $11,000 for my offensive player attempting to throw a stiff arm. How did the Derrick Henry's of the world continue to play if this is punitive there's a result in a punitive damage, $10,000 worth of punitive damage. It's not football anymore if you can't do this. No. Am so I do overthinking? You, do you go back and regrade? Like when they you, know, you get graded after every game, I consider that a missed tackle, right? Yeah. <laughs> if right. I'm the defensive coordinator, do I have to go back and say you were wronged on that play? 
And <laughs> we we uh, we agree with how you approach this play, and we have no problem with the fact that you went for a ride. You were violated ten thousand dollars worth. So we have get to the money? change your grade. Does the defender get that grade. money? Does he get paid? Know. I mean, the, I the one thing that that I can appreciate is that it tries to at least present some level of balance in terms of how this is all policed because generally well, it's offense, defense, defense, right? Balance. Yeah, like I mean, generally defense. it's generally it's all defense. Defense is penalized because you know they're targeting and doing this. So like, I can appreciate that they're trying to make it where they actually care about the health of the defense also. Mm-hmm. But this is just this is beyond this is not it's not football if that's against the rules. And th- this wasn't flagged, was it? I don't this is football that you it actually was not play flagged in real time. No, <laughs> this is this soccer. is the this this is the NFL. Uh, you know, going back watching the film as they do watch everything, and then deciding that they're going to write a letter to this man and say because you were aggressive. How dare you lower your pads? How dare you try to get extra yards? How dare you finish the run? How dare you be the hammer and not the nail? $10,000, brother. If you're the DB or safety, whatever you're called, well, whoever's not a linebacker, safety. Yeah. If you're the safety of GP, should you pay half the fine? <laughs> right? The whole fine. Because had he brought the funk a little bit more and it would have just, right. they would have went straight down, then it would have been, it wouldn't have been penalized. But your lack of ability to run through me, Cost me ten G's, right? Just off GP, so he should, should be like out of flopping, embarrassment. Like they should bring him flopping, like he's flopping, flopping now. Flopping. <laughs> That's a flop. He flopped. He got like, a penalty he for flopping. Charge. He tried to take his man. Look, he tried to take the charge. <laughs> he tried to take the charge. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He just took a charge. Straight up, took a charge. Straight Straight up. He was outside the more. circle. He got his feet outside the circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And boom, he took it. I would and just be so embarrassed that the dude. Picked on you, man. This dude bullied you, and he you costed me money. Like if you see if the other one missing you on the street, man, you costed me money, man. Cost you could hit hard. You ain't tough enough. Yeah. But hey, uh, not only did we say he took a charge, uh, but the NFL decided to charge uh, Swift ten thousand dollars. And so I guess you know in this episode, of let there be light, just shedding light on the reality that because of the looming um, litigation, past and potentially future litigation that NFL is facing, they take moments like this and just, I think they try to go to the extreme depths to prove that they are doing stuff for player safety. And the more extreme we get, the more you're left wondering what, what are we here holding? We're here holding a bag and it says that it's NFL football. But at times when you see a headline like this, and you reconcile it with that video and you try to then reconcile it with how you were taught to play the game, right? In a way they're undermining safety because if I don't finish the run, I am then in, in way of in harm's way of potentially getting hurt. So I just think that with these extreme situations, while the NFL has done its job in proving that we are committed to player safety, uh, in a way, I think they're undermining player safety. Right. It's like if you I don't agree. finish the run, something bad could happen. That's why they tell running backs to finish the run, be the hammer and not the nail. And yeah. so I don't know. And we, we've seen it enough with quarterbacks. Like 
you know, people laying off the quarterback a little bit and the quarterback keeping his feet and throwing the ball and like it's changing the outcome of the game. Right. You know what I mean? When, you, when you're not able to play the game the way you want to or people, you know, coming in. I mean, dude actually got trucked because he probably came in high because he didn't want to go low on the dude because he was scared. He was going to catch a penalty. So I guess it's like turnabout is fair play. So I still want to have faith in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. When we slowed it down, we went back. Don't sound slow. moist. Be careful because you just called Caleb William moist. He's about to sound moist. Go ahead, though. My mom is far away, so she can't she can't throw me under my blanket. I'm I'm praying. There was no explanation, but I'm praying that they say that he lowered his helmet. You can't really see it. We went in slow mo. He lowered his helmet, and I'm praying that was it because it, he finished with his shoulder, and it was shoulder to chest. And I just don't. What do you want me to do? Take like slide, take a knee. That's or just what, hit, that. That's the part that I think the NFL. It was two really, of them on defense too. So what was he supposed to do? I think that that's what the NFL, they really wanted us to have a true dialogue about the evolution of the game, protecting player safety. Those are the questions that I feel like they should answer publicly. On this play, we would have preferred you, whatever, slide out of bounds, uh, try to jump over him, spin inside backwards. But you've got to give us something in order for us to sort of come up with the balance of how to teach it going forward and how to play it going forward. We would have preferred you slid under your mom's blanket and wept as she breastfed you on TV. <laughs> That's Yo, what we're looking for. That man, yeah. Caleb Williams, going to bust you in your mouth if you ever Come see Come get him. it, because he got a lot of money. Yeah, he'll be right in my mouth. I'm going to flop just like my man's here. He, Caleb, if you see me, yeah. I'm not so even going to man, It was lactation involved. That man got every right to bust you in your lip, man. That's I'm all I'm going to keep my eyes open when you swing on me. I don't think you got it in you, though. You might be yeah. there slapping folks, just slapping. I'm not interested in your soft behavior. Stay out of Chicago, Ken. By the way. Let's stick with the theme. Here. Let's stick with this theme of softness, man, and move on to another sport that is also now being accused of being extra moist. And that's professional boxing. And professional boxing is in the news for all the wrong reasons this week because the undisputed, undisputed. All right. At one point, I should say, because as of this second, he is no longer undisputed. Uh, undisputed welterweight champion of the world, Terrence Bud Crawford, has been stripped. Stripped of the IBF title. And the IBF has put it on their website proudly that they stripped him of his title. And the reason that he was stripped of his title is because Terrence Bud Crawford in fighting Earl Spence Jr., the fight that we'd all been waiting several years to watch, the fight that we all tuned in to see, in that fight, they had a rematch clause. And that means that there will be a rematch, and I'll be watching it, and hopefully Earl Spence is going to prepare a lot differently than he did the first time um, because he looked out of sorts that night. I know he said he was dehydrated, all those things, but it, hopefully it'll be a better fight. But because they have a rematch, the IBF has stripped Bud Crawford of the welterweight IBF title. And that happened because the uh, interim title holder, IBF title holder, who is Boot Tennis, IBF had it on their schedule that that's who Terrence Crawford was supposed to fight next. And if you don't fight in order who they say you're supposed to fight, regardless of the uh, rematch clause, then they take these 
steps and remove the champion, the, the title from you. Same thing's probably going to happen with Tyson Fury um, because he, he had a rematch clause as well. So it just seems that from a business standpoint, in this episode of Let There Be Light, we want to shed light on why boxing seems to be in reverse, in decline in terms of a business and its growth. If I had to compare boxing versus uh, UFC, right? Boxing at one point was thought of as the value stock. No matter what, it was going to pay dividends eventually. Just had to be patient because there was going to be a good heavyweight that comes along. The sport was as valuable as possible, whereas UFC was a growth stock, right? You didn't know just how much it would grow, but you thought that they still had some 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 room and some ramp to to build up, but you had to be sure. You know, you, you buy low, sell high, don't get caught in the trend. I'm not so certain now that I would compare the two the same way from a finance standpoint. Because UFC seems to be here to stay. And boxing with certain decisions like this, with the fact that there are, you know, it, it's so, it's fragmented, right? Boxing, you got the four major uh, belts and organizations. And it's cool that you have those four and it worked for a long time because people were trying to get to the point where they are undisputed and have all of the four belts. But with the lack of consistent, meaningful business building regulation, the WBA, the WBC, the IVF, the WBO, right? Each one having 17 weight divisions each one having different rules and policies in terms of how they uh, 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 respect things like a, a, a rematch clause, it seems as though boxing is in reverse and continues to shrink. And Terrence Bud Crawford is getting penalized for doing what the consumer, the fans, have proven through UFC. They've proven they want. They want to see the best fights in real time. They don't want to wait being told that no you gotta go fight you know peter to, to pay paul no we're robbing peter to pay paul in this sense that we don't get to see the right fights at the right time uh what say you guys man but boxing seems to really need a whole facelift when it comes to developing their business it's kind of funny i mean they, they're trying to fix the problem by making mandatory fights to probably stop dodging but the problem is there's too many belts and there's too many different things so Everyone is trying to work towards their best interest of their own belt, which no one really knows or cares. I would think only the purest, purest, purest of boxing fan would be able to tell you, you know, who handles what and who, who who's what belt and what's who's in what division. We right. just look at champions. There's a million people walking around saying they're champion to unify the belt. So they're trying to act within the best interest of their belt. And they're saying there's mandatory fights. So, you, you know, stop doing the dodging. So I, I can appreciate that. It's just in practice it's like you gotta make common sense like that was the fight that was the, the best fight that that he could have taken at the time and it was good for boxing in general so they should just shut up but now that now that he's is he is the the belt is just vacated it doesn't go to the next guy right it's just vacated. it goes to the next guy he's the interim guy it goes to NS oh it does they, go to they somebody. said he was okay. supposed to fight he, that's i thought he was it was just un, unseated and they would no. have to get a fight to, every, uh, someone always has a belt it's the question is did they earn it or not in this case Boots Ennis did not. You would think that from a standpoint of trying to make marketing is leave the belt vacated and then make two people fight that are going to take whatever you give them to get that belt. And then now it's worth it. 
maybe maybe does Crawford get to be the next fight? Is he the next contender or does he lose his contention? I think that, yeah, because now Ennis is probably in the same situation that he can't fight anybody until the contender, but Crawford signs on the fight. So it's but the, you know, the, the belt this, belt that, boxer need a belt. Belt the ass, you need a whooping because your business model is terrible. You need to get whooped. Mm. Uh, that's my humble opinion. Uh, ETP, in the, in the sense of business, momentum, growth, uh, I'll give you last word on it, man. When you hear boxing's approach to who holds the belt and who's fighting whom, and then you contrast that with UFC where – I might lose on Tuesday, but if there's a fight that everybody wants to see on Wednesday, get your ass back in there and fight. Yeah, and, I mean, I think... look at the growth of it, right? It's like something... What what say you about the different business approaches? I mean, it's just interesting because boxing has seemingly resisted the acceptance of the decline of the sport from a commercial perspective. And... Usually when that starts to happen, you start to see mergers and acquisitions and consolidation, and they've actually not been willing to do that. So UFC has been successful because all of their athletes have to sign exclusivity contracts, right? So you can't go, I'm going to fight UFC, then I'm going to, I don't even think there is anything. There's a new one now, but they're like used to be Bellator. So you couldn't go and you couldn't go and fight for another association or or organization where when there's multiple when there's multiple governing bodies within the sport there's no way to really kind of consolidate and and work to ensure that you know the growth of the sport continues along with all of the other things that you know the head injuries and all of the other challenges that come with you know with combat sports boxing specifically so i think it's I think it's a good step. It's weird that they would like strip somebody of a belt because they refuse to fight. But that's always been, I mean, arguably, you know, people say Floyd Mayweather is the greatest. And I just use the example because he essentially has, he has an undefeated record, but there's an argument to be made that he architected his record and chose to fight who he wanted to fight when he wanted to fight them. And whether he was, you know, undisputed or not, the ultimate point is, as a as an athlete to have control over your record and who you compete against is kind of counter competitive right and so like you said in in UFC or in anything else you can't you can't become number 1 unless you beat number 1 and you have to essentially take the fights or take the you know play or compete against the people that are in that space whereas with boxing historically there's all these back deal, you know, backdoor deals and people moving around or dog ducking fights and things of that nature where this is at least hopefully a sign that they recognize that that eroded the sport where now you have to fight certain level of of competitors in order to be deemed a qualified champion. It's just it's just silly that it happens after the, you know, after things happen to say, "Oh, well you're not going to fight him, so we're going to strip you of a belt." It just it should be built in where there's already, if they consolidated, which they probably will, but it'll probably be too late and the, the commercialization and the monetization of the sport will have eroded so much that they have no other choice but to right. cooperate. But right. especially until that happens, you're not going to get that exclusivity. Especially with all the crossover with UFC fighters and mixed martial arts fighters now stepping into 
boxing, traditional boxing. I think, you know, yeah, I think they are in trouble. And I get it where you're saying in terms of trying to make sure that they fight certain fights, but it's each one of, you know, the major four, um, each one of the of the major four organizations with its 17 divisions has different people that they are considering that contender. So even as like we're not comparing apples to apples. So that's that's the challenge that I have is that, you know, yeah, we shall see, man. I think, um, you know, my last little word on this is I think if you if you look at the way boxing is being handled and run compared to USC, UFC, sorry. Um, and not watching UFC come and just slowly just overtake you and do whatever. And then to make it even worse is these social media guys. I mean, like yeah, these exhibition fights are making more money than, than real boxing fights of this thing. So what are you really doing as these organizations? We don't name one person that works for one of those organizations. One, one employee. What's the face of it? Do they have a spokesman? None of them. They're just these governing bodies that are anonymously sitting behind doing nothing. They're like the, the NCA. They don't do shit. They just sit back there and just make decisions or whatever they're doing, but they're not doing anything for the sport. So you've got these brothers that are, that have a podcast that decided they're going to pick up fighting and they've done more for boxing in the last two years than any one of these governing bodies that's supposed to be there and promoting fights and getting people in, pulling guys off, basketball players off the street, retired mailmen, bring them off the street. You know what I mean? Baby mamas, bring them off the street. Let's go fight. And they're making money. And it's like, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I think that the the organizations would argue that they've tried to protect the purity of the pugilist, right? Like of the, the person that really wants to watch the art of boxing. Whereas, you know, the Paul brothers that you reference or you know, just UFC all together said, all right, that's cool. The purity of it is going to take care of itself. We want to bolster the business of it. And yeah. and, I, and, I, and, I, and that's, that's where I think boxing has missed its opportunity is that at no point, no one came in, right, and created a real infusion of business ideologies to improve across all of the four major organizations, the business of it. So... They've yeah. given that up. They, the, those those organizations have given up the promotion of boxing to independent people, like Money Team, uh, like De La Hoya's Golden team, Boy, Golden Boy, yeah. Golden Boy, or Top Rank, Top Rank, yeah. that are not really affiliated in any way, shape, or form. So, how do you have these independent league, like not even leagues, but just promoters? Like, there's no league. You know, yeah. there's no there's no unity between that. WBO, they should be. They should have a marketing arm. They should have. They shouldn't have to have Golden Boy. They shouldn't have to have Don King. They shouldn't have to have all these people that are promoting and put on these fights. They should be able to do this and bring it out yeah. and put some some something around never, it. So it's weird. It's just never weird. any consolidation over the generations, right? It was always yeah. siloed where you know the promoter did this, like Al Heyman. You would watch the best fights. This is an Al Heyman production. Right. Mm-hmm. That was that way. Right. After only in America and Don King, like there was these siloed business mm-hmm. operations within boxing that I think both helped the individual who was in charge of the silo, Al Heyman, Don King, whoever you want to say, um, 
but it hurt the overall business of the sport. So we'll leave it there. Let's hop in quickly, man, because we're going to go home with two pretty interesting topics. The first one is transfer portal products. Question to you guys. We know the, the, the portal is booming. Right? We know Coach Fromm is, is trying to find his newest versions of Louie and Gucci. We cover Encouraging people to hop in, hop out of it. My question to you is this, because this week, Joe Cool was asked, how does he feel about Ohio State folk claiming him as one of their own? Joe Cool, as Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals, before he became so cool and a nickname and before he won the championship at LSU, he went to Ohio state. He was a transfer to LSU. I think he was grad transfer. Went on to win big at LSU, went on to do amazing things at the NFL level, continues to do so no super bowl yet, but somehow some way that team has turned it around. So in his post game interview was asked about Ohio state. He said something to the effect of I attended Ohio state. I played football at LSU. And so it started making me think about who should get credit. Which alumni base should get credit? We've got to, let's think about Caleb Williams. He won his Heisman at USC. He became a household name at Oklahoma. When he ultimately becomes an NFL quarterback, probably for the Bears, is he going to be embraced and celebrated by the Oklahoma Sooners? Or does he officially belong to the Trojans? Let's think about uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts became a household name in Alabama. Tua took his job. He went and did big things in Oklahoma, was drafted out of Oklahoma. When you look at that, that draft result, it says Oklahoma. Even our quarterback this year, Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman put on big in the ACC at Wake Forest. But now Notre Dame claims him. He's only going to do one year there. Who do you think should get the rights, if you will? Who should be set claiming when it comes to these transfer players? <laughs> I think it's an individual basis on that. Because Sam Hartman became a goon, and we picked him up for his services for one year after he put up better numbers elsewhere. We came over here. We're just trying to sprinkle some stuff and hopefully he holds on to his stock. The things are starting to drop a little bit. Yeah, he had you, a bad game. You look at it it hurt. Um it um it hurts. Jalen hurts. Yep. You know, they dumped him out in the trash, said he wasn't good enough, right? And benched him and whatever. So he went to Oklahoma, became a man and became a Heisman Heisman hopeful, you know, finalist. I gotta give it to Oklahoma. You go to Caleb Williams you know, he's got the same coach he had before, but like, what's the guy's was, name at USC? The Caleb Williams took his job at Oklahoma. Now he went to South Carolina, USC, South Carolina, not USC. So Spencer Rattler, Rattler. All right. So Coach who claims Smith. him? I guess that's USC. USC claims him. He's three schools, isn't he? Or is he, is he just two schools? He go, I don't know. I, don't, I can't keep um, up anymore. The question is, what's the guy's name? Gosh, I can't remember his name. Messes up. He started at USC. He went to Georgia. He was at West Virginia. And now he's someplace else. I don't know. Bo Nix. Bo no. Nix went from Auburn to Oregon. I don't the know. Guy, the thing is, okay, I, I would lean towards the last school, but definitely if you're two years. Bo Nix was at Oregon for two years. Definitely he's got to go Oregon. Um, even though he played like four years at, at, at Auburn and two years now here with the COVID year. But then 
then you go look at guys like with Caleb, like Caleb's going to spend all. I mean, at the end of the day, he's Lincoln Riley product, right? He spent one year at Oklahoma and then he's going to spend two or two to three years at, at USC. So you got to give it to USC, but that's easy because it's Lincoln Riley the whole time anyway. So you but just I, think I, it depends just, on how long you spend at the school. I'm thinking it's more like, where did you really like take off? Where did your game take off? And I also think that it depends on who embraced you. What I don't like about Alabama, because you know they want to claim Jalen Hurts now. Man, they threw that man all up under the bus when Tua came in in that second half and won against Georgia. And then he came and saved them when Tua got hurt. Jalen Hurts, to me, is one of the interesting sagas when it comes to who should get bragging rights. Uh, ETP, I'll give you last word on it, man, before we go home with one last thing for the day. What you got on us, man? Who gets bragging rights? Transferee. I, th- I, I mean, I think it's whoever had – wherever you had the most success, right? Like Cam Newton's not getting – you know, people in, in Florida and Gainesville aren't claiming Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Like People who didn't – who didn't, if you had to watch the freaking uh, uh, documentary to even know he went there. Most people didn't even know he went to Florida. Right. Yeah. So but, I, I mean, I so, so just as an example – I mean, this is before a transfer portal where, like, you'd have a – like, you guys got – you have – guys that have substantial bodies of work with multiple teams, but I think it's just wherever you're the most successful, right? Like it's, it's interesting. Cause in like in the pros, it's like, all right, Kevin Garnett is Kevin Garnett a Timberwolf or is Kevin Garnett a Celtic? I know what you would say. I, I gotta give. That's I would when he say, became a champion. I would say Celtic just cause he won there. Right? Yeah. But he wasn't, but he was in Minnesota for like 13 years. Fair. Or Fair. more. I don't even know how many, but so it's so it's tough. Like with Shaq, is Shaq, is Shaq, is Shaq an Orlando Magic or is he a Laker, right? Well, so who's I LeBron? think this is wherever you put in the most work. Who's LeBron? Championship everywhere he went. LeBron loose booty, man. He everybody. I don't do that. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on you, God of a loose booty. Shame on you. Bite your tongue. <laughs> The, and the quarterback I shot the That's an OnlyFans. He's an OnlyFans guy, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Come on. Cross JT line, Daniels, man. this is the one guy. If JT Daniels makes it to the league, he's a head scratcher. He started off at USC. Oh, JT Daniels. Then he went to Georgia. Then he's at West Virginia. And now he's at Rice. First of he all. He went to another school? He's at Rice. Somebody has to explain that to me why my son can't play till he's 35. <laughs> There's supposed Everybody, to be some rules. To you this gotta shit. be a quarterback, man. That, he ain't that never is, sat out of nothing. Yeah, that He's is right now. That is the consistency. Who gets to claim him if he if he goes to the league? <laughs> he might just go and name on his back. I'm just Daniels. I don't care about. He name his high school. He's one of those dudes that hates his colleges. Names his high school. <laughs> he, he's almost forced to name his high school. Uh, he's he's only he 23. College. Out <laughs> uh, of high school at 16. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh let there be light on the situation, man. Because a whole bunch of set claiming, man. People, people, they they claiming, baby. They are claiming. Let's go home with this, man. Top twenty-five matchups for this week. Let's pick them real quick before we get out of here. Uh, we are gonna uh, at least touch on. Uh, we'll start there because Michigan plays Penn State, but Michigan is probably gonna play. They got to go to Happy Valley. I imagine it's gonna be a whiteout, but it is a twelve p.m. game. Normally, their whiteouts are, are not or night games, so. Uh, who knows? But Michigan's going to Penn State tomorrow, and they're going there with a big old dark cloud over them. Jim Harbaugh and the sign-stealing scandal. The Big Ten has been rumored um, to be on the cusp, and it could be happening right now. 
of rendering its opinion, giving its ruling when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. So I'll start there with the most controversial game with the dark cloud looming over Jim Harbaugh. Who you got winning? Number three, Michigan goes to play number 10, Penn State. I'll start with you on this one, ETP. I got, I think Michigan's going to go in there and embarrass them just because Mm -hmm. this is critical. They have to prove that even though they obviously were absolutely completely cheating, (laughs) that they are still a powerhouse team and they need to show, they need to exert their authority. And also Penn State, I'm still like, they all they they always build you up and then they just start to yeah. fall apart towards the end of the season. So Very I think normally. I give I give Michigan the edge. They're gonna beat the spread, whatever it is. I think it's a tight spread. I, I think it's gonna be convincing. Uh, I, say, I will say this because uh well go ahead, pick pick first. Uh I say Penn show. State is gonna lose the game, but I think it's gonna be uh I think they're gonna beat the spread. I think it's gonna be a tight one. It's gonna be hard when you don't when you can't when all the calls are different than what you are used to and all that stuff. It's gonna be hard to play that. that. But ETP points out like the personal nature in which their players will probably approach. Because while I agree with you, they're abs- absolutely, absolutely, uh, unequivocally cheating, right? What they probably want to prove as players like the difference between needs and wants. We wanted to cheat, but we didn't need to cheat. You know what I'm we didn't need to cheat to win. We just wanted to cheat to win. And they are also probably going to be forced to be playing for their coach. Uh, Notre Dame got whooped last week. Although they only lost by eight, it didn't really show what happened on the field. And I think because Clemson played for their coach, I think Michigan's going to go out and play for their coach. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to uh, excite and ignite his players, even if he has to do so from a ways away because he's suspended for the game, which is a real possibility. I think Michigan wins that. Uh, we got Georgia hosting Ole Miss. Number two, Georgia hosting number nine, Ole Miss. Georgia played some close games, but as of late, they seem to be Georgia of old. Ole Miss has played some great games this year. It's a 7 p.m. game. You're going down to Georgia. Georgia. Who you got winning? ESPN game. I'm starting with you on this one, Big Flow Show. The Bulldogs, Uga uh, versus Ole Miss. Who comes out on top? Like SEC, very important. It's still whip them. They're gonna pistol whip. Ole Miss. They gonna be close. Pistol whip. Man, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is trash. Close. You think they're trash? Ish. Trash <laughs> compared to Georgia. It's rubbish. Trash. Would you say rubbish? Trash ish. <laughs> yeah, that's how rubbish came in. Rubbish. Uh, ETP. Who you got? Does Georgia finally meet its day in the SEC and lose to Ole Miss or? Is this just another feather in their cap? No, man. Georgia's going to win the national championship again. So this is light work. Light work. Uh, I got to go with you guys on this one. Well, I want to be <laughs> controversial or contrarian. Uh, I'm, I'm not willing to put Ole Miss uh, in the winning seat when it comes to that game. While it's not a top 25 matchup, uh, there's one top 25 team, Florida State, uh, that is hosting Miami. The Hurricanes, do you? Now, you talk about, you, you know, Chicago Bears and your fandom thinking y'all had a team. Do you start off the season talking about we back, we this, we that? Uh, they have struggled. But this is a rivalry game. This is normally a recruiting battle game. 
Miami has sort of resuscitated itself with recruiting, although it hasn't translated onto the field yet. Uh, with transfer portal, with young roster, uh, they could be the next Florida State in the sense that do a quick turnaround in a year's time. This is a very important game. I'll start with you on this one, ETP. Miami has to go to Florida State. They have nothing to lose. Who wins in the rivalry game, the wide right rivalry? Who wins, Miami, Florida State? I All right, I'm going to give my re- response of what I want to happen. <laughs> but it's God, probably no, not. No, he I'll speaks for me. Go ahead. What you want? Somebody, I, yeah, he speaks for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say Miami pulls pulls an upset out of their hat on this one, and Florida State's gonna be back on their heels because they don't think that they can really bring it together. But this is a this is a rivalry that goes back. I, there's got to be some pride there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Miami pulls it off. Miami. Is that from your want to or you you think thinks will? Yeah, that your heart. That's your heart. That's that's what I want to happen, and I'm gonna say that's what I really hope happens. <laughs> so but I, you will not I place a wager on it. That's so. There's something I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money, but I will cheer for the. I will cheer for that outcome. Fair. Fair. I, I despise Florida State and Miami for my Notre Dame ties. I don't want to see Florida State in the playoffs, so I'd like to see Miami win. But I think Florida State's going to kick, kick their teeth. <laughs> yeah, I think if Florida State, what they might be dogs. With Florida State, with all the speed that they have, they did a phenomenal job in both the transfer portal and recruiting. They did a a phenomenal job. Like, you just blinked, and damn, Florida State is right back to where it was. Um, That receiver they got from Michigan State, 6'5", 2", whatever, he's just nasty. Um, So I think Florida State wins it, wins it big. I think in order to beat Florida State, you got to kind of, in the ACC especially, got to kind of catch them off guard. Uh, a rivalry game with all the recruiting implications. It's in Tallahassee. You ain't catching them off guard in that game. So I'm going Florida State big. Uh, you got number five, Washington, uh, is hosting number 18, Utah. Uh, Utah looked like it was the most promising thing imaginable west of the Mississippi, and then things changed. Uh, number five, Washington had, still has a Heisman hopeful at quarterback. Uh, but they have, let's say, escaped um, a few games that leave you scratching your head. Uh, ETP, I'll start with you on this one. Who do you have? Uh, Washington hosting Utah. Number five, Washington hosting number 18, Utah. 3.30 p.m. Fox game. Who you got? I'm going to go. I'll go with the dog again. I'm Utah, they got the trucks for their players. I'm I'm still riding with them. And I'm not convinced of Washington, and I think it's about time that they take an L. Big flow show. I know this makes for boring podcasting, but I agree 100. I think I think Washington has been escaping games, and I think Utah, although Oregon beat their face, um, I think Utah is like the most underrated program in America always every year, and they they've got their big loss out the way. Um, which is always keeps them out of it. They always have a bad game that keeps them out of the contention for something great. But I think Willingham runs a great program over there, and I think they're gonna they're gonna win. All right, I'm going the opposite of you two. I am because Washington is home. I'm going with the home team here. I think Penix understands that if he really has a legitimate shot to 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 hold that hardware, that Heisman to get 
his rightful place in that Heisman house and be a part of them commercials, it's got to be against a top 25 team in a moment where uh, the whole country is watching. This is the 330 game. The whole country will be watching. I think he plays well. I think Washington wins at home. Uh, last matchup between two top 25 ranked teams is uh, number 13, Tennessee. Has to go on the road and play Mizzou, number 14. Uh, I'll start with you on this one, Big Flow Show. Uh, Tennessee had a tough out last week against Alabama. This could be their bounce-back game. Uh, it is very important, but they got to go on the road to do it. Uh, does number 13 Tennessee win on the road against number 14 Mizzou? What say you? I say it goes into overtime and Mizzou squeaks one out. Squeaker. ETP? I'm going to say the same, but the outcome is going to be different. It'll be tight, but Tennessee prevails. I'm rocking with you on this one, ETP. I think Tennessee wins on the road. They played hard for four quarters against Alabama, and I think the little brother syndrome kicked in. This is their opportunity to uh, wash their face of the grime and dirt of not finishing the job last week. So in order to get that stench off of them, I think that they go and win a good one on the road in a tight game. Um, this episode, Let There Be Light, uh, was one where sports business and entertainment collided, one in which we hope because um, while our live audience is, is also important to us, we hope that our live audience will help us connect with other people. So we ask you very humbly, please like, please comment, please share, please tag a friend, please tag a foe, please tag anyone that you know, and please subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast. Today's episode of Let There Be Light was sports. It was business. It was entertainment. Today's episode of Let There Be Light was done by the whole crew. And the only way we do it, it was done rough, rugged, and raw. We had the Big Flow Show coming you to you from the Middle Coast. We had ETP coming to you from the East Coast. I am your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. The Ball Hall, a.k.a. The Marble South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration, a.k.a. Breezy. Our show is always sports, business, and entertainment, where a few businessmen get together and discuss sports in an entertaining fashion. Meet us here next week. We're going to be bringing that same old funk. Happy November. Get yourself checked, gentlemen. Your health is important. It is as valuable as any bank account that you might have, any investment that you might have. So make sure you invest in your health in November. You see the vibes. And with that, we is out. Peace.